0: All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. I'm a real boy. You want thing-in-the-box? I got 20. 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. We got fly. This is the Magic on a Dollar podcast with David Dollar. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to the 8th edition of the Mod Pod. Hashtag Mod Pod. That is the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for downloading, for subscribing, for rating and reviewing, and for letting me know that you enjoy the show. I appreciate you for all of that. My name is David Dollar, and I am your official Disney travel planner of note, and I am your host for the Magic on the Dollar podcast. For the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to talk about some Disney stuff. We'll talk about parks, we'll talk about New Year's Eve, kind of some down news, and of course, we'll give a review for the movie Coco, which I saw yesterday. It's, it's, stay tuned for the review, and then maybe we'll do some spoilers after the show is over. Of course, I am recording this uh, a couple of days after Thanksgiving. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving holiday. I hope you ate lots and lots of food. I did. My favorite food is sweet potato casserole, and I was able to indulge much on sweet potato casserole, green bean casserole, some ham. be honest with you folks, I'm not a turkey fan, so a lot of times uh, I spend the Thanksgiving holidays with my wife's family, and they do ham. I don't know if it's in my honor, or maybe they don't like turkey as much, but... We do the ham, and so I eat lots of ham, uh, pumpkin pie, pecan pie, all that good stuff. Um, I have been at Disney World in, for Thanksgiving, and I have had Liberty Tree Tavern. I've had the turkey and the dressing and the cranberry sauce and such, and I've had traditional uh, Thanksgiving meals at Disney World as well. And they're wonderful, but I'll be honest with you, having that home-cooked meal, sitting at a table with family and friends... I, I I don't know I'd like to be in Disney world that'd be a lot of fun but I did enjoy my holiday so I hope you did as well you can find me magic on a dollar podcast if you have questions about the podcast or any other any other comments or notes or things of note please uh please email me on magic on a dollar podcast at gmail.com you can also email me about your trips magic on a dollar at gmail.com that's where you can find me to email me hey I need a quote for this. Hey, can you let me know what's going to cost to go on a cruise for this? Hey, my family wants to go to Disneyland. What am I looking like? I'd be happy to help. And of course, if you stay on property, especially at Disney World... I don't charge you anything extra. My services to you, are complimentary, dining, fast passes, and all that good stuff. Had a wonderful week last week in terms of Magic on a Dollar travel planning. Uh, over a dozen families at Disney World either coming, going, or there over the last weekend. So it's been great. I'd love to help you out. Of course, my um, MyResumeLady.com is the sponsor of Magic on a Dollar podcast. My Resume Lady is owned by Amy Campbell. She has spent over 10 years, or close to 10 years now, uh, doing resumes, doing marketing and such, and such, helping you do your LinkedIn profiles and such. Um, she has forgotten more about LinkedIn than you and I probably will ever know. It's just, she's that great. She's that wonderful. So make sure you uh, get in touch with her about your resume stuff, and let her know that David Dollar sent you. Her and her team would be happy to take care of you. And finally, real quick plug for my friend Clay Shaver, host of the Remodeling Clay podcast. He did his 200th episode. 200 episodes. I'm on episode number 8. 192 behind you, Clay. Uh, 200 episodes of the Remodeling Clay podcast drops every Thursday morning. It was great. It's a great podcast. All about uh, all about the best version of you. Um, it's snarky. It's a little funny. Sometimes sarcastic. Sometimes a little, uh, you know, a little a little over the edge um, in terms of encouragement. It's nothing... There's no sunshine being blown, if I can just tell you that right there. But uh, great show er- dropping every Thursday morning. So go check out the 200th episodes and any of the episodes before that. And finally... I do have to give a plug for my podcast as well, my other podcast. I do the Deuce Cast Movie Show, dropping every Wednesday morning. We do the best of movies. We do movie reviews. We talk about movies, have different topics, have guests on and things like that. We love talking about movies, and I would love for you to download that. You can find the Remodeling Clay Podcast, the Deuce Cast Movie Show, and, of course, here, Magic $100 Podcast, all on iTunes, all on Stitcher, all on Google Play. Go find it, download, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. All right, so now we got all that stuff out of the way, let's get to the real news. Let's get to the Disney stuff. Um, You know, a couple weeks ago, I didn't have a theme song, so I would talk about, you know, hey, there's our theme music, and just imagine this, that, and the other, and, you know, imagine Peter Pan, or whatever. And lo and behold, my friend Timothy Bumay sent me a a theme song, which was really, really cool. He just said, hey, Dave, I heard you didn't have a theme song, and I will be happy to send you one. And he did. Uh, You can find Timothy at meshmedia.co, not .com. Meshmedia.co, M-E-S-H-M-E-D-I-A, and he does emotive storytelling. He does video production. Go visit him over at Meshmedia.co. The reason I mention that, and this is not to say that Tim should do this, okay? I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting this task on Tim. I'm just saying that whenever I, I was looking for a theme song, somebody sent me one. So, if I want to do, you know, the the Magic on the Dollar, World News Tonight, and then go, and here's our theme music, do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do-do, you know, the whole theme song for the news... I could just do that a couple of weeks and who knows, maybe something will show up in my inbox. I, I'm just saying, just saying, just saying. Let's get some, some Disney news real quick as we uh, do your Thanksgiving week episode here. Uh, Thanksgiving is over now. We're headed towards the holidays. And let's go ahead and I want to go ahead and knock off the bad news, the, 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 the sad news. Uh, of course, John Lasseter, who is the guru of Pixar, he is a uh, one of the founders of Pixar, one of the head honchos, one of the main guys at Pixar, he, uh, he stepped down this week. He uh, has put out a letter saying that he's taking a leave of absence. And in his letter, he said something to the effect of... And of course, let me try to find it here. Uh, this is from his letter. It says, I want to specifically uh, apologize to anyone who's been on the receiving end of an unwanted hug or any other gesture that felt crossed the line in any way. No matter how benign my intent, everyone has the right to set their own boundaries and have them respected. Now, what does that mean if you want to read between the lines? You can find the whole letter online. Um... If you read between the lines, essentially, John Lasseter, and I know families are listening to this, I'm going to be real careful how I say this, John Lasseter crossed a few boundaries with a few employees that he worked with um, in an inappropriate fashion. Let me just say it right there. That's all I'm going to say about what happened. Uh, He admitted to it, and he stepped down for six months. Um, It's very heartbreaking because you want your Disney leaders, you want your Pixar leaders to be better than that, and... He fall. He fell. And you know, on one hand, he is a Lester is a visionary. He is an, he, what he's done with Pixar has been amazing. Um, you know, he started the company. He helped start the company. He's he's Toy Story. He's kind of his brain. One of his brain children. He was one of the brains behind Toy Story, which started this whole digital animation revolution that we have. You know, if there no there is no John Lasseter, there may not be an Incredibles. There may not be a Monsters Inc. There may not be a Bug's Life. There may not be a Brave or a Cars or anything like that. We don't know. But um, So he is a visionary. It's, it's amazing what his mind has done. On the other hand, um, he's done some things that aren't right. He's done some things that are not right. And he has to pay consequences for that, as anybody else does. If you, if you, if you break the rules, you have to pay consequences. Some rules are small, some rules are big, and I feel like he broke some big rules. Um, And that's all I'm going to say. He has stepped down for six months. If, in fact, all the allegations are true that uh, have been kind of brought up around him, I don't know that he'll be back. And honestly, as a big Disney fan, as a big Pixar fan, and as a John Lasseter fan in terms of the creative mind he has, I don't know that he should be back. So, anyway, that's John Lasseter. I had to mention that at the top of the show, and go ahead and get that out of the way because, you know, I don't want to dwell on it. I just want to mention it because this is a Disney show, and it wouldn't be good news if I didn't mention the good and the bad. So, there you go. Um, let's move on from John Lasseter and get to something a little more exciting. And when I say a little more, I mean a lot more exciting. How about Star Tours? Star Tours are going to give guests the first peek at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge on Planet. Now, the planet is called Batu, and that's B A A. T-U. This is a planet that has not been featured in any movies. This is a brand new or brandly newly discovered planet. Um, guests on Star Tours, the adventure continues, boarded starships at Disney's Hollywood Studios and Disneyland Park a couple of days ago to discover, and I'm reading this from the Disney Park blog, to discover a thrilling new journey to the farthest reaches of space and found themselves landing on an unexpected planet in the outer rim of the Star Wars galaxy, a planet known to C-3- C-3PO and now to us as Batu. Again, reading this remote outpost on the galaxy's edge was once a busy was once a busy crossroads along the old high uh, sub light speed trade route, but the prominence was bypassed by the rise uh, by the rise of hyperspace travel. Let me just tell you what this says, basically. In the Star Wars world, before hyperspace travel was invented, was created, was discovered, Batu was an outpost, and that was something. It was a big hub, basically. People going by, zipping by here and there. Once hyperspace travel came fashion, in terms of all the Star Wars ships, people forgot about Batu, and so now it's uh, now it's just an out there on the edge of of the galaxy. Okay, um, it's a thriving port for smugglers, rogue traders, and adventurers traveling between the frontier and uncharted space. What this makes me think of, really, is Radiator Springs in California. Uh, well, no, I take that back. Not California Adventure. Radiator Springs actually in the movie's cars. Because the story of Radiator Springs is that it was a hustling, bustling road uh, roadside town in, uh, in the advent of Route 66. Um, you know, people would visit there all the time. The neon lights and everything. And the businesses were great. But once the interstate was built... Business dried up and suddenly nobody went to Radiator Springs anymore. Thus, Lightning McQueen came there and, you know, restored the beauty and the glory of, of Radiator Springs and so on. So that is what Batu is all about. Um, so it's going to be opening up uh, pretty soon. Pretty soon. It's going to be opening up 2019. Disneyland, my guess, my guests here on Episode 8 of the Mod Pod, it's going to be May the 4th of 2019. That is my prediction. I have nothing to go on that other than just it makes sense. And then I'm going to think Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge will open up in Hollywood Studios probably later on in the summer, maybe July, maybe August, something like that. Maybe even September. They want to give Disneyland a few months to gistate and kind of get going and work out the kinks to finish up what's happening at Disney World. And, of course, Batu uh, is the new planet for Galaxy's Edge. They'll be building a Star Wars hotel right there on property if you stay at this hotel, you'll be immersed in the Star Wars galaxy and the Star Wars world, and you basically will walk out of the hotel into Hollywood Studios, into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That's amazing. I mean, that is incredibly amazing. So that's going to be something to look forward to as well. Um, Of course, Crete is the new planet that is featured in the upcoming Star Wars The Last Jedi film. Crete is also now available for viewing at uh, Star Tours. And if you don't know what Star Tours is all about, when you board the starship on Star Tours, um, it's basically like the Star Tours used to be. It's a kind of a motion simulator. You go in and sit down, but uh, but now you go in and you see new scenes. You see like basically there's three scenes that you kind of see, and they take you on different planets. Everything from Hoth to um, to Coruscant to Jakku, which is the planet that came out a couple of years ago in uh, the Force Awakens. And now you get to see you get to see Crete, C-R-E-T-E, I think is the name. Maybe it's C-R-A-T. I'm not sure. Crete is how it's pronounced. It's a mineral planet. And if you've seen the video or seen the uh uh what you call it the, the trailer, you know, you see the starships running along the, the sand there and you see the red dusk flying up and everything. That's Crete. And so you get to see this new Star Tours scene in Crete. I'm I'm excited. I haven't seen it yet. I'm so excited to see it and I will go see it as soon as I get down there. January, I think, is my next trip. Um, what does it say about me and Disney World when I can't remember my, when my next trip is? I think it's January. Anyway, I'll get to see that, which I'm pretty excited about. So that is Star Wars, giving you a first peek at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the planet of Batu. All right, so next, we're looking at permits now. The permits have been released. Uh, Disney has now officially filed permits for building, because in Florida, you got to file for permits for everything. They have officially filed permits for the building of the Star um, not sorry. sorry. The Tron light cycle uh, at uh, Magic Kingdom in Disney World. They are basically going to put a Tron light cycle right behind the Space Mountain in, in Tomorrowland. And also they filed the permit for building the big theater over there at Main Street. Not a big deal. Just thought I'd mention it. It's kind of worth mentioning because it's, it's kind of cool. So also we talked last week about uh, Disney World at Disney World and all the Disney parks at uh, Christmas. And so I thought it would be kind of fun to mention something about Disney World Disneyland and such for New Year's Eve. Because New Year's Eve is, is spectacular. And Basically, the reason you go, really, is for fireworks. You want to see the fireworks, because, bar none, Disney World fireworks, and even Disneyland fireworks to an extent, but Disney World fireworks are the best fireworks in the history of the world. They're amazing. There are two sets of people in this world. There are people who think that the Disneyland, Disney World fireworks are the best, and there's everybody else who's wrong. Because Disney World fireworks is just incredible. Um, so, real quick, let's just walk through uh, Magic Kingdom. Um... Well, actually, let's talk through the whole the parks of Let's look at Disney World first. If you're going to get there early in the morning, get there and spend the whole day there. Don't leave. Uh, we talked last week about parks closing, and there's a chance they might close to capacity, especially Magic Kingdom. So, you know, I don't recommend park hopping on New Year's Eve. I recommend going to the park and staying there because the misconception, and we talked about this last week, is that guests staying at a Disney resort are guaranteed admittance in every park, and that's not true. You're promised to get entrance to a park. And your ticket will get you to a park. So if you go to Magic Kingdom and they're close to capacity, you may not be able to go. You may have to actually go to Hollywood or something like that. So um, so just because you have a dining reservation doesn't necessarily mean you get in. So it's just something to think about as well. I would probably get there, maybe consider renting a locker. Uh, maybe, you know, you want to have stuff, you want to have warm clothes, things like that ready because, you know, the parks are going to be busy. Um, if there's something you want to do, must do, make a fast pass for it. If you can't get a fast pass, as soon as you get there, go there first. I would probably make yourself a list, look at your family, look at the wife, look at the husband, look at the kids, and say, kids, what do you want to do first? What's the if you can only do one thing all day, what do we do? If you can only do one thing all day, honey, what do we do? Talk to my spouse, or my significant other, or my sister, brother, whoever you're going with, or just you, consider if I can only do one thing at Disney World, at Magic Kingdom, for one day, what would I do? My guess, probably. Probably Haunted Mansion. I mean, if I had to do one ride and one ride only, I think I would do Haunted Mansion. And so, you know what? I might go there first. That's the first ride I would ride to make sure that I knock that out and I get that out. Now, if you've got a family of four and they've all got, one says Haunted Mansion and one says Seven doors Mine Train and one person says Space Mountain and you're thinking, well, I want to ride Pirates, you're going to have to coordinate that. But understand that you may only get to ride one or two rides for the course of half the day or even the whole day because it's going to be that busy. So just expected now there will be live entertainment going on all day uh magic kingdom they're going to have the once upon a time christmas parade going on on december 30th and the, on New the year's eve as well in the afternoon they'll have the fantasy and the fire uh, a fantasy in the sky fireworks. So they'll have that going on like a six thirty ish, and then close to midnight as well. They'll start that at twelve fifty, leading into, of course, New Year's Eve. They'll have the dance party in Frontierland going on as well, and they'll have that going from seven p.m. all the time a closing. Now, all the things, a lot of the things you would see at the Mickey's uh, Very Merry Christmas Party, you'll also get to see this week. Now, before you would pay for the Christmas party, well, now you don't really have to. That's part of the added entertainment making up for the fact that Spaceman will have a two and a half hour wait time. So it's just something something to consider. Uh, Epcot, of course, they'll do illuminations. They'll do something like that at 6pm. They'll do something also around 11.40, 11.45. They'll be distributing party hats and horns around 4 o'clock and that's while supplies last. Uh, They're going to have a DJ light show. They'll have flame effects and a smoke billowing dragon in the China Pavilion. Uh, United Kingdom is going to have a blast of the past concert with the band British Invasion. Uh, Italy will have a DJ and some lasers. They'll have entertainment in the American Gardens Theater over there there'll be a Latin band and DJ on the American Garden stage and a silent groove party in the Japan Pavilion. Um, I think, I don't know what silent groove is, but I can imagine that their songs probably go something like this. And that is Silent Groove. Uh, They'll have a New Year's Eve at the Epcot World Show Place. Uh, All You you Care to Eat Family Night with photo ops, fun vignettes for posing, and Disney Disney music playing in the background. You can call about that. Uh, There's a cost to that as well. There's also a Monsignor Paul New Year's Eve dinner Um, cost for that as well. And that's uh, something happening over in the French Pavilion. Hollywood Studios is going to have the New Year's Eve dance party and center stage. The party starts at 7 o'clock, followed by a performance of Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam at 9 p.m. They'll do a park wide countdown at midnight. A presentation of the Galactic Spectacular for Star Wars, and the DJ will come back and finish the night out until 1 a.m., party, party. Uh, Animal Kingdom, excuse me, Animal Kingdom, there's nothing. They don't have anything going (laughs) on, no fireworks or anything. Because here's the thing with Animal Kingdom, they have animals. They can't have fireworks going on animals. And a lot of people ask me, they're like, why does it take so long to get from Animal Kingdom to anywhere else? And if you think about it, you've got lions and tigers and bears, oh my... Um, you know, you've got flamingos and you have hippopotamus and giraffe and you've got gazelles and you've got all these animals all there in Animal Kingdom. It's like a big zoo, basically. Um, you can't have fireworks going off. And one of the reasons Animal Kingdom is kind of set back over in the corner of the property away from everything else is to kind of give that sound buffer. Okay. That sound barrier between, you know, the Kilimanjaro safaris and the rest of the Disney world, because you can't have, you know, whereas sometimes you can actually see or hear Epcot fireworks in Magic Kingdom and vice versa because they're fairly close to each other, especially Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Animal Kingdom, you can't do any of that. They ensure that the the rhinoceros is not going to be scared out of its mind because fireworks are going off in Epcot. So that's why it's kind of set back a little bit. Um, they'll be doing some other stuff at the resorts as well. Cal, uh, the uh, temporary resort has a party going on, um, and and as well they'll have parties and things going on all all their. At, 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 um, magic kingdom and uh epcot and hollywood studios there at walt disney world so just something to consider if you're going jill uh, basically the main the main gist is if you're going there on um if you're going there on new year's eve stay in one park be prepared to stay get there early if the park opens opens at eight get there at seven seven six thirty or seven seven fifteen no later than seven fifteen to get in the park go there first go whatever attraction you want to go to first get there get that done have light expectations in terms of rides, you're not going to ride 12 things in one day. I'm pretty sure you're not. You're going to ride like four things in one day, maybe five if you're lucky, uh, depending on what you want to ride. You're not going to ride Space Mountain and Big Thunder and Splash Mountain and Seven Doors Mine Train and Peter Pan all in one day without a whole lot of weight. So just understand that. Now, if you're going to Disneyland or California Adventure on New Year's Eve over at Anaheim, get ready for the crowds. It is insane. The crowds are in. Sane. Just navigating through normal walkways is going to test your patience, and that's even before you get to the attractions, before you get to the restaurants and the restrooms. Restrooms themselves, you might have a 20-minute wait to get into the restroom. I'm a dude. I'm not used to lines at restrooms, uh, but I've, ha- I've seen lines at restrooms, and I can imagine, I can only, I hate to imagine what a woman has to go through trying to go to a bathroom in a crowd like that because, you know, the lines are going to take forever, so just be ready for that. you got to get to the parking structure. There'll be lines for that. We got to get to the security checkpoints. There'll be lines for that. There will be lines everywhere. And something else I didn't mention about Walt Disney World, and this is something people don't think about when they're driving on property. And guys, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of staying on property. Really, really am. Uh, But a lot of people stay off property and that's a financial decision. Or, you know, if somebody says, hey, I have a free timeshare, you can't beat free, right? You can't beat free. And so, you know, you want to do that. You want to stay off property. I understand that. I don't judge anybody for staying off property. I prefer on property. But if you're on the monorail, Especially if you're coming maybe from Epcot to the Magic Kingdom on a monorail or you're on a bus and you're zipping along because there are lines, there are roads just for the buses. You look over and there are hundreds and thousands of, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds and thousands of cars waiting to get into the Magic Kingdom. And they're all lined back. They're lined back for a mile, mile and a half, all slowly tricking in, trickling into the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom parking lot itself holds, what, nine, 10,000 cars? Um, and the Epcot parking lot holds 10 11,000, something like that. There's, I want to say it's like a top 10 list of the largest parking lots in the world. And Epcot's like one of the two or three largest flat parking lots in the world. It's, it's enormous. Um, and they have overflow parking as well. And so that's how many cars go in there. And they're all trying to get to the Magic Kingdom and the Epcot at the same time. So that's Stay on property for that. Don't you don't have to worry about that if you're on property. Same thing, same thing with Disneyland and California Adventure. Is you know if you're on property, which they have deluxe Resort, so it's a little harder to stay on property. But you know if you're trying to get there for uh, you know if you can't walk and you have to take a shuttle or something, or you have to drive over there, it's the crowds are enormous. The crowds are scary. So just understand that, okay. Just know that it will be it will be lighter in the morning and getting re- progressively worse as the day was on. And they do close to capacity as well. And they have a smaller capacity at Disneyland in California Adventure than they do at Walt Disney World because they're smaller parks. So, um, you know, when you get there, eat at off hours. If you have, eat lunch at 1030, eat lunch at 230, uh, eat dinner at 430, eat dinner at 8, something like that. Don't go to the on hours because, you know, restaurants will be completely packed out. Um, but there are going to be all kinds of great things going on. Dance parties will be happening until 1 or 2 in the morning. Uh, Disneyland closes at 2 a.m. California Adventure closes at 1 a.m. so you'll have a nice energy going on and the reason they do that too is because people who walk by space mountain they're like i don't want to wait two hours three hours to get on space mountain you know there'll be something to do there'll be dance parties and there'll be events happening and there'll be shows happening and things in the street and street atmosphere and things like that so you know it's something to do it may not be everything you want to do but it will be something to do which is kind of cool so that's just something to expect um you know i'm not really going to get into the cruises and alani i don't really know what's going on there yet i haven't Take it back! I really haven't investigated that yet because I really wanted to concentrate on Walt Disney World and California Adventure and you Land. So that is your uh, your kind of your update on uh, on New Year's Eve. So if you can, maybe just don't go. <laughs> maybe it's just going to be too hard. All right. So real quick, I want to talk about the Magical Express and tell you a little bit about that because the news for the Magical Express came out that they are now picking up guests four hours before. Uh, before your airline flight instead of three. Magical Express basically will pick you up from the airport and take you to your resort, and they will pick you up from your resort, take you to the airport. It is a complimentary service that that Walt Disney World does because they are... um um, because they want you to be on property. And if you're on property, you get to take advantage of the service, and it's real easy. I'm thinking maybe next week or in the next couple of weeks we'll talk about Magical Express as a whole, but I want to mention that that you do have to be picked up four hours now. And what that means is now that if your flight's at 5 o'clock, you need to be out in front of your resort at 1 p.m. to uh, have your bags loaded up and everything and have everything ready to get the bus to the airport, because security at Orlando, the International Airport at MCO, um, the security there is, is heightened because of several things that have happened. Of course, a couple weeks ago. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a backpack that was smoking, and a very brave serviceman, or uh, security guard, grabbed it and ran with it to try to go to a place where there wasn't a whole lot of people, or kind of an air- empty area of the airport. Turns out it was a lithium battery that had caught fire, so nothing nefarious, it just it was an accident. But they are doing heightened security now, they're actually, I've heard stories of um, of them over Halloween uh, looking at people's candy, kind of pilfering through bags and stuff, trying to find things and trying to figure out you know, make sure everybody's safe. So, on one hand, it's a little inconvenient because it's, you know, four hours ahead of time. Holy crap. On the other hand, it's it's a good thing because they're keeping you safe. So, there you go. I want to talk real quick about Coco. That's the latest Pixar movie that just came out. It came out uh, on this past Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Of course, you know, movies came out uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday, whatever. It was the first full day. I went to see it last night and I will tell you a little bit about Coco here. It is directed by Lee Unrich who is the co-director, director or co-director, he did directing and co-directing on Toy Story 3, Toy Story 2, uh, Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc. So, I mean, I don't, know what, I don't know what this guy's doing. I guess, you know, movies we've never heard of, right? Uh, he co-directed this with a man named Adrian Molina, and they directed this thing together. And the Coco was about a, a little story about a guy named, uh, named uh, Miguel, who lives in a city called San Cecilia. And he is with his family. He loves music. That is the big thing of his life. He loves music, and he worships this guy. He idolizes this guy named Ernesto de la Cruz. Ernesto de la Cruz is the world-famous Ernesto de la Cruz, who is the most famous and most popular Mexican musician in history. And so, of course, Miguel has all of his albums and all, all, all of his stuff. However... Uh, Miguel's unknown great-great-grandfather walked out of his family uh, to to follow his own uh, musical dreams, and he failed to return. And so the family has banned music for generations, with the great-grandmother and the grandmother thinking music has ruined their family's life. And so they have banned it for their their own out. Coco is actually the name of Miguel's great-great-grandmother. And, of course, the musician in question that walked out was Coco's father. And so Coco is a little old lady in, in the wheelchair. She's a, just an adorable lady. And that's the only, one that, the only one in the family Miguel really gets along with because he knows that, that Coco likes music. And so he wants to basically go and uh, to participate in this talent contest to celebrate uh, Dia de los Muertos, which is the Day of the Dead, as known in, in, in Mexican culture. Now, let me just go ahead and up front tell you that I am terrible when it comes to pronunciations and accents and such. And so I may butcher some of these pronunciations of these words, and I do apologize for that if I get it wrong don't hate me. I'm not doing it on purpose. If I say, Dea de los Muertos, please don't email me. and Be like, you just said that completely wrong, man. Here's how you say it. I, I apologize. You know what I'm talking about. And so um, they have this, in each culture, in the families, they have this something called the ofrenda. And the ofrenda is basically a wall where you have pictures of your deceased relatives. And the the Dia de los Muertos, or the Day of the Dead, that is the day that, that the the dead return to Families. Now, the families can't really see them. They return in skeleton form, they return in, in ghost form to visit the families of their loved ones. They can see their loved ones, the, the new grandchildren, and so on and so on. And Miguel gets accidentally sucked into this world, this living child into this dead world. Um, it sounds a little creepy, but it's not. I will tell you, it's a great story. The story is wonderful. The story it's a great story. It's a great, um, great, just all of it is, is it's put together so, so well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the animation is just beautiful. You you see this visually stunning uh, thing. Like, there's one scene... And right before the movie, they actually had the director and the co-director come out. And they were talking about some of the scenes in the movie. And I don't know if this is in every... I don't know if this is in every showing of uh, of Coco. But we saw a little two-minute scene of how... And one of the scenes, when Miguel crosses the bridge... And he looks out into the distance and sees the city. The, the city of the dead. I mean, there's literally over a million effects in that one shot. Because it just takes so much to do with. and it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful story now the story itself is great it's um I mean I can't tell you it's an original story I'm sure there's probably some other stories that have to do something with this I know the book of life came out a few years ago an animated film uh based on this kind of concept I've never seen it so I don't know a whole lot about it but I know it does center around Diaz de los Motos and uh so I don't know exactly if it does Talks about the friend, of the day and the, the living returning and the dead and so on. I'm not really sure. Um, Anthony Gonzalez, an unknown, he plays Miguel Rivera. Uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, Hector. Benjamin Bratt, you probably know who that guy is. He's he plays Ernesto de la Cruz. Uh, other people in the movie: uh, Alana Ubach is in this comedian. She's the she is Mama. Um, Edward is almost. He is uh, Chicharan, a friend of Hector's. Hector is one of the main characters in this. Uh, you'll see. You'll hear Gabriel Glacius. Chich Marin is also in a lot of these Disney movies, so he's in this as well. And John Ratzenberger, who is. Pick- Pixar's good luck charm is in this film. He plays Juan Ortodancia, who is a dentist returning from who is a dead dentist returning to the land of the living to see his family. Um, you it's really like it's hard to I mean, it's really, really hard to catch, but I loved Coco. I love the story. The 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 ending of it is a it's a beautiful ending, it's a sweet ending. Um, I loved it. I did. It had I can say it kind of had a twisting ending to it. If you know Disney and you know enough about the characters and kind of how some of they do their stories, you know that as you're watching the movie, everything is not as it seems, and that's always the case with some movies like this. And towards the end, I was kind of predicting. I was like, you know what? I think here's what's going to happen, and I was kind of right, but that didn't take away my my enjoyment of the movie. Um, as far as little kids go, I heard at the very beginning of the film, not the very beginning. Well, as the movie got going, there were some tears from little kids in the audience because some of the characters are skeletons. They're actually walking, talking skeletons. They're not scary. They're drawn in a way that's very friendly and very fun, so it's not even a traditional like skeleton. Um, but there were kids that were a little frightened of that. They were crying at the very beginning until the skeletons got going and could see, oh, they're friendly skeletons. But uh, but at the very beginning of the movie, it was kind of a little creepy there. So uh, go see Coco if you can. It was a great movie. I loved it. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to kind of give it a few, a few second pause. I'm going to jump back into this. Kind of the end of the show is right here. I'll wrap up in just a second. But after the show, I'm going to give it a few seconds pause. I'm going to jump back into Coco, and I'm going to kind of give you some Easter eggs and maybe a few spoilers, okay? So I don't want to do this if you haven't seen the film. I want to make sure you can come back to this episode and listen to the spoiler part, or if you want to hear the spoilers before you see it be my guest you know what i probably would that's me uh, but i'm the guy who also reads the last chapter of a book a lot of times before i start the book so that's just me don't yell at me um, but uh, but i'm gonna do that i'll do the end of the show i'll do some spoilers and stuff but i'll give you a chance to not tune into that if you don't want to hear it but that's gonna be our show mod pod episode number eight magic on a dollar at gmail.com is where you can find me for for disney, disney travel uh, magic on a dollar Podcast at gmail.com is where you can find me for email stuff. Go on Facebook, slash Disney on a dollar. Also, find me on Twitter at Disney on a dollar. Go to Instagram at Magic on a dollar. And of course, you can find me on Facebook at Magic on a dollar. Lots of Disney, lots of magic. Basically, type in on a dollar and either Magic or Disney, and you're going to find me some way, somehow. Don't forget the show, sponsored by MyResumeLady.com. Amy Campbell and her resume team will help you put your resume together. It's going to be awesome. She would love to help you there. Remodeling Clay, the podcast, every Thursday, the 200th episode just came out. And, of course, a couple weeks ago, the Deuce Cast the Movie Show, my other podcast, the 300th episode, just came out. So there you go, folks. I thank you so much for downloading. Once again, we'll come back next week. We're onward to Christmas now. We are onward to Christmas. We're onward to uh, to the holiday season. Um, you know, all the good stuff is coming up. Santa's going to be on his way pretty soon, which is going to be great. And, uh... You know, we'll we'll do some Christmas stuff as we go along here on the Mod Pod. So don't forget to share the show. Like the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Like the show. Tell your friends about the show. Say, hey, I got this guy who does Disney podcasts, and it's really, really cool. Um, you know, listen to episode one. Listen now. I'm hoping we're getting better and better as we go. But there you go. My name is David Dollar. Once again, thank you so much for joining us on the Magic of the Dollar podcast. Stay tuned for the spoilers. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right. All right, so I'm going to give you, what, five more seconds? Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so now we're going to talk about Coco real quick, and I'll kind of give some spoilers. And I want to give some Easter eggs, some things that if you haven't seen the movie, you can kind of look forward to it. If you have seen the movie, maybe if you watch it again, you can kind of look in there. And, and Pixar does stuff with Easter eggs. They do Easter eggs all the time. And what I mean by that is they do little, little hints of previous movies in Disney, in their Pixar movie. Um, and they, they always have a habit, and there's two or three things that always come up. They have a habit of having running jokes through every single film. John Ratzenberger is one of them, as I mentioned. He is uh, the dentist, Juan Orthodontion. Uh, he is uh, he's the dentist character in that, but he's in every single Pixar movie. He can, he's considered their lucky charm. Um, and in this one, uh, also they, they do something leading towards the next film. Okay, So you can always find a hint of the next Pixar movie coming into the next film. Well, this movie was featured in Cars 3 from last past summer. Now, um, basically, if you are watching uh, watching Cars 3, Coco's small Mexican town, uh, San Cecilia, uh, makes an appearance on the TV in the training center. Back in the training center, uh, where Light McQueen is talking to, I think, Sterling. Um, there's, a, there's a TV back there, and back there on the TV is, the, is San Cecilia, and you'll see the guitar. Visible during uh, one of the performances and stuff on the television, so so that's kind of cool there. So that's in there, so that's there. Um, also, some other stuff, and just I'm going to run through some things to look for and everything because Easter eggs are really really cool. Uh, let's see, let's get rid of the cars here, and let's look at the Coco Easter eggs, as we call it. One of the things to remember I- about Mexican culture is their wrestlers are very popular now. La L- luchador is what it's called, um, and if you're a la luchador, if you're a Mexican wrestler, your mask is everything. Like you wear that mask all the time. That is your thing, right? Even even as you're walking around, even in public, you wear that mask all the time, even when are wrestling. It is a heritage. It is it is just almost sacrilege to take that mask off. That's is, that's is La Luchador. And if you see the character El Santo uh, in this movie, he is dead, and he's going to a party, and he's being admitted, and he's got his mask on. Um, because even in even in life and in death, you keep your mask on if you are a La Luchador. Uh, so El Santo has the mask on the whole time. Something else to look for, the very opening scene... Is a is a scene called uh, not like the rest. It's a, kind of a musical little montage. as just kind of running through. You'll see the Pizza Planet truck zip by. That's in every single film as well. The Pizza Planet truck from the original Toy Story. Um, you will also see as he runs by a table and everything knocks some stuff over. Knocks some stuff over on the table. There are little toys there. There's a Remy toy. There's a Dory toy. Uh, there's some other toys as well. All in there. Uh, Remy Dory Dory as he runs through the market. You'll you will see a um, a uh, uh, Sully and a Buzz Lightyear, and a Mike Wazowski pinata hanging from a vendor there. Now, there's actually a short film called Dante's Lunch, and it's kind of a short film slash commercial for Coco. Um, and you actually can find this on my webpage. I put it up on today, facebook.com slash Disney on a dollar, called Dante's Lunch. It's two minutes, and as he runs by, this little kid eating corn. The kid is wearing Lightning McQueen shoes, which is kind of fun. Um, you'll also find Nemo as they're looking at the ofrenda as, uh, as, as the grandmother is putting one of the candles up for... Uh, for the ofrenda, which is the, the pictures on the wall, um, you'll see the you'll see Nemo in a fishbowl there, so that's kind of cool. Um, as he goes to the talent show, he's trying to to uh, to actually when he's in the town, when he's in the the, the, the land of the dead, um, and he's trying to to audition for this talent show because the winner gets to go meet Ernesto de la Cruz, and so he's in this talent show thing. And one of the things they show is this this punk kid, uh, punk kid skeleton um, looks like Skrillex actually, kind of. But he also has on the, the skull shirt, which is very reminiscent of Sid's shirt from Toy Story. Of course, the bad guy from Toy Story. At the end of the movie, you will actually see, as a credits roll, you will see uh, different um, different pictures and stuff. It's kind of pictures own Ofrenda as well. As they're putting them all up there, you'll see everything from... Um, from Joe Ranth, who is an animator, writer, voice actor, who was uh, in Toy Story and also did Heimlich. He was the one that's a beautiful butterfly, that guy. Uh, He's in Bugs Life as well, and so he passed away some years ago, so they always try to do homage to him, so he's in that. They'll also show show you Steve Jobs and Don Rickles, who was the voice of Mr. Potato Head in the Toy Story films. So that's in there as well. And, um, let's see, I'm trying to think. There's a couple more here, and, uh... So that's that's a lot of your Easter eggs. Uh, Also, the nod to The Incredible Stoop. Now, originally the Toy Story 4 was supposed to be the one coming after Coco, which is why you do see the Buzz Buzz light, your Pinata um, and you see a little couple of references to Toy Story 4. Well, that got pushed back to 2019. So coming up next year is The Incredibles 2. So they inserted real quick as you're, as Miguel and Hector are making their way to the Land of the Dead talent show. As they're running to the talent show, uh, you'll see them walk past the poster advertising The Incredibles because, you know, The Land of the Dead, uh, The Land of the Dead movies, they arrive really, really late. They're just now seeing The Incredibles in The Land of the Dead. Um... Anyway, so those are your Easter eggs. Some things to look out for, and I'm sure there are probably others that I'm not seeing in there as well. Oh, oh, one more, one more I wanted to tell you about is uh, the A113. A113 is also in every single Pixar movie, and it's the 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 California Arts Classroom, University Classroom, where the animators were studying. And basically, this is kind of. uh, Hollywood's most prolific Easter egg, because this is in other movies besides just Pixar films, but A113 is the room number for the Bureau of Family Grievances in the Land of the Dead. So when they're in the Land of the Dead and they go to the office where it says Bureau of the Land of Grievances, A113 is right there. One more, you can also see the Luxo Ball as well. The Luxo Ball is the ball that, uh, the, little, the yellow ball with the blue stripe with the big red star on it, kind of from one of the original Pixar things, um, that's in there. And there's a scene where Dante, the dog, is fighting with a monkey, Uh, And the monkey's all colorful and stuff because he's kind of a a spirit guide, kind of a spirit animal that helps guide you in your your dead journey. Um, They're they're kind of wrestling around, and the ball is in the background. So a lot of short little things here and there as well. I will tell you that I, about three-fourths of the way through, I saw what was happening with Hector and Ernesto de la Cruz. I kind of predicted, you know what, I bet Ernesto is not his great-grandfather. And about two minutes later, I thought... What if Hector is his great grandfather and it worked out fine it worked out perfectly um, it's a great it's a great movie if you've listened to this either I just spoiled it for you if you haven't seen it so that's on you because I gave you fair warning but if you have seen it then I think you'll agree with me on how much you enjoyed it I really would love to know what you thought about it Magic of a dollar podcast at gmail.com um, but I wanted to run through the Easter eggs real quick and kind of give you a little quick spoiler there kind of what I thought about it and kind of thought about the ending the ending's beautiful. Um, Probably one of my favorite scenes is where he does discover that Hector is his father, a great grandfather, and they're kind of, um, you know, Hector is very downtrodden. He's very just like nobody wants me, nobody likes me, and, and Miguel is like, I'm glad you're my family, and it really is one of the emotional moments of just this is great. And of course, the ending scene, because because Pixar can make you cry like anybody else. The ending scene is so touching, where he's talking to Coco. And Coco starts singing along with him. Coco, who has not said much of anything in the entire movie, she starts singing along. And you just... And you know that at some point in time, Miguel's going to be able to play guitar. Almost from the beginning of the movie, you kind of think, okay, they don't want him playing music right now, but of course, at the end of the movie, he's going to play music. You just see that coming. That's like a very, very there's no way around it but it's almost like so predictable it's, it's, it's not even thought about um, but leading to that is just incredible it's often said that Pixar is this great company who you know in Toy Story you see the toys have feelings and in Cars the Cars movies Cars have feelings and in Bugs Life Bugs have feelings and in Monsters Inc Monsters have feelings Inside Out Feelings have feelings and of course in this one we find out that skeletons have feelings. And so the dead people have feelings, which is great. But uh, anyway, go see Coco. Tell me how much you liked it. Tell me how much you enjoyed it. Tell me how much you loved it. And I would love to find out where it ranks for you as well. I got a, I got a text from a good buddy of mine named Ryan, who, by the way, he and his boy, uh, he and his guy, uh, his buddy, Jared Murr, they do the Live Your List podcast, which comes out uh, intermittently here and there. They have seasons, and they do a lot of bucket list items. They do a lot of rankings and a lot of tournament things and you know, choose your best. They, it's, it's an encouraging podcast. It's, it's a lot of fun. These guys are great. And he uh, sent me a list this morning. His top five Pixar movies are Toy Story, Toy Story 3, The Incredibles, Inside Out, Up, Wally, Fighting Finding Nemo, and Coco, which basically eight movies in your top five. I don't know that I would put Coco in my top five yet because it's so new. I have a habit of waiting before I put something in a top ten or top five because I want to make sure I like it as much as I think I do. Um, but I'd love to hear your top five. I'd love to know what you guys think. You can also Twitter me. Tweet me. Uh, make sure you hashtag ModPod at Disney on a dollar. Um, and tell me what you think about Coco. Coco is up there. It's probably my top ten so far, and I'd like to see it again. I'd like to catch everything as well. I hope you guys like it. But that is the Coco Spoiler Review with Easter Eggs. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week, and don't forget to thank a Phoenician.